Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster. I also happen to be a lifelong Elvis fan. Let me put that another way. The day Elvis died, August the 16th, 1977, my mother phoned my girlfriend and asked her to phone me and tell me the news because, as Mum said, I can't bear to tell Joseph. I know that Elvis was his life. Mum was right, and my life was upended by the death of Elvis Presley, who'd been my ultimate pop hero since I was a child. But also, as I wrote in one of three articles I had published after Elvis's death, as if it wasn't bad enough for us fans having to deal with the loss of the man, we also had to deal with headlines such as Elvis was a junkie, says ex-wife. All my life I'd argued against any suggestion that Elvis used drugs. He said he didn't and I believed him. So none of this made any sense to me and frankly I felt I'd been fooled by the king. I felt disillusioned. So to try and make sense of it all I began to write a book called In Search of Elvis. And later in life, starting in 1985 when I became a professional interviewer, I walked what you could call a separate pilgrim path as a Presley fan, tracking down people who knew, or who, like me, were profoundly influenced by Presley. This led to me interviewing the likes of Sam Phillips, DJ Fontana, and June Monico. And countless interviewees ended up talking about Elvis, be it Leonard Cohen, Dolores O'Riordan, or Marilyn French. And all of this led to Bono, not long after we did our seemingly legendary 1993 Zuropa interview, giving me another world exclusive, but this time for my Elvis book. He'd read a rough draft, which he comments on at the start of this podcast, which is part of the chat we had over breakfast in a hotel near his home in South County, Dublin. The poem Bonner refers to at the outset was called If I Can Dream, and it was written by me in 1973 as a response to Presley's song of that name. The poem ends with me posing the question, if I will ever again feel that I belong. When Bono read the text of that poem, he said, I can relate to that. Anyone could. By the way, if you want to read the full text of my 1993 interview with Bono and its backstory, it's available as an e-book called Bono, the Joe Jackson's Europa Interview Uncut. And if you want to read the Sam Phillips interviews Bono and I refer to, check out my e-book, Elvis, Sam Phillips and Sun Records Revisited. But now, back to February 1994. It's kind of another side to the Joe Jackson, though, isn't it? That they all. The only word I would criticize on that whole poem is desperation. Yeah. Because it's obvious. Just say clinging. I'd use a clinging to the lyric. Yeah. Just a suggestion. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay. I also was going to cut out the unborn son because I just thought this morning when I looked through it, that's kind of self explanatory. Oh, I'm trying to say my son was unborn then, obviously. I like that. Do you like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe yeah. again, it's it's drama, but I, I yeah, I can, I can. You can take that. Okay, so that that's where the first third of the book is, and then the rest is talking with all these other people about what Presley was to them, and you realise that my story was probably representative uh, of a wider political story, a right. wider psychological story, yeah. a wider story of our time, like, like the that. need for heroes, and then the need to demythify sh- heroes. Shamanism. Yeah, all those out. Yeah, that's why I hadn't realised at the time. I used to think this was a story that showed the subversion of Irish culture by American, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really, because I brought an Irish sensibility to bear on the Elvis Presley story, and I still do. Yeah. So I'm looking for the gods, I'm looking for shamanism, I'm looking for all these mm. other layers to it that many other people have missed. There's a book uh, called The History of uh, sh- shame, uh, sh- 
show business and he's shaming it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, right. it's, I'll get it for you. It's, um, it's extraordinary. And, uh, and he goes back to Houdini. Right. I'm the rabbit out of the hat. And he talks right. about, he says, and he's saying, not that show business is influenced by shamanism. He's saying show business is, is. shamanism. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that that is that is what it is, and that it, and that it is religious. Right. That show right. business. Uh, that that. I mean, he can trace all the uh, the elements of show business. As I say, going right back simply to the rabbit out of the hat, which goes back to a shaman trick. From sure. The, yeah. You know, he has yeah. like in the 16th century, the rabbit. You know, the rabbit out of the hat, pulling the rabbit out of the hat. He has stories of um, Arawak Indians in the northern plains of Russia. And an English guy goes along to see this shaman and he sees him and describes in very sort of, you know, Oxford English, um, him cut his assistant in pieces. Right. And, you know, uh, uh, no, he, he sends his, he, sends, he goes up a ladder, he puts a rope, the rope trick, the Indian yeah, rope. Yeah. he goes up the rope, assistant goes up the rope, and assistant holds down pieces, he goes down, puts them in the hat and takes them out of his hole. Right. And what it was was it was um, Tori Amos would love it. Was yeah, but it was a hallucin <laughs> a, 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 a common um, a hallucination. Right. And that, that it, it was induced through shamanism. Now, hallucination of the masses by shaman. That's what rock bands do today. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. he talks about that, and uh, it, it's a fascinating book. And and there is no doubt that. Um, I mean, I think that maybe Dylan, but, but, but certainly Elvis was the start of that dizziness, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. hallucination. Yeah, but he also tapped into a spiritual base, which is what Sampoch keeps taking me back to, beyond the sexual, to Elvis's own spiritual hunger, mm. which he says is there from my happiness right through to Moody Blue or whatever. Yeah. That you don't look at form. His hand in mine. Right through them all, that not just the, not, not even the gospel songs. Mm. And he didn't realize that he said until long after Elvis died because he dismissed all the Vegas stuff. He said, But now if I listen to Hurt mm. or, or Solitaire, when he did that, he said, There's a demented spiritual force. It's like the energy of the early cuts has turned in on itself. Mm. But he says, To me, it's still as vibrant, it's still Elvis Presley. It's true to that spirit we all loved at the beginning. You know, Maybe was anything that anything else? That lucid. Sam, mm. stands me. It's extraordinary. Seventy-one, a week or two ago. Yeah. And he says, "Sharp, have you ever met him?" No, I'd love to. Oh, fuck, he's one of the. It's, it's the moment. You know the way one moment brings all the rest mm. together for you. When mm. I sat in his house that afternoon, it was like. He knew then. Hey. Okay. Um, this is, yeah, part mm. of it was home. It wasn't cliche, yeah. but something down here. I'm sitting here. The guy's talking to me. He respects what I'm asking him. This is fucking astounding. And then the way he delivered. And I mean, he and I can talk on the phone, and he'll shift into that gear in ten seconds. No, fantastic. I hope you do get to meet him. I'd like very much to. Johnny's asked me to Nashville sometime, and, and he's, so maybe if I go there, I'll ring you and maybe we'll arrange a meeting. Absolutely. No, I'd love to try that. No, because I mean, he, he, he praised you, you say, yeah. in my interviews. Yeah. So if I could get, I'd love to get you to meet Phillips mm. in his, in his kind of. He didn't show it to me, but he has apparently a, a museum in his house which has bits. And now I hear there's even film footage of Son, which he's not telling anybody about. But it's a legacy for his kids. Like this eight, eight millimeter film. Wow. You know? But he said he had 99 items in the uh, museum and he was waiting for the hot press interview to be the 100th. But he has all the stuff in there the 50s cars in his, at the back, you know? My fear is that he'll go. I mean, my big fear, and I keep 
tearing strips off and he won't write his life story. He won't settle down to do it. His sons, he said, there's only two of my sons and you are the only three people in the world who keep getting on my back about this. And I said, but you have to do it. Put it on tape. You know, just do something before, because the, the, I said, what if Albert Goldman does it after you go? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good stick. <laughs> it's, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what Grail Marcus said about that book? I think it was Grail that said it, about um, the Albert Goldman book. Yeah, Cultural Genocide. Yeah, that's what it was about. The same thing we were talking about yeah, earlier. Yeah, yes, it is. Well, that's absolutely, that's absolutely Goldman's kind of perspective. Yeah. The hip jazz. Upper and East Side. Kind of, yeah. Okay, the... Uh, what about the Elvis connection? I mean, when did it come in? I talked to Gavin was saying that he only really tuned into Elvis after death, that he had dismissed the Las Vegas bloated figure, hadn't seen the kind of uh, how, how potent that was or whatever. I mean, when did you tune in? Um, like originally, even? The two... Um, um, I said there's, there's only been one man that I ever fancied. Um, <laughs> As a as a as a as a, as a pre pubescent, right, and that was Mark yeah. Dolan. Yeah, but coming right behind that, the one who charged me heterosexually would, would be Alex. Right, and the leather suit in the comeback special. Right, right, was I somehow must have seen the comeback special on TV, but I remember it very clearly, and that's why in our stage in Zero, oh, yeah. we created the small boxing ring stage. Sure, yeah. Yeah. That, that's where that comes from. Yeah, yeah. Um, he must have been only, what, 13, 12? I was eight when the eight when comeback special that came was out. out. So yeah, if, okay. if I saw it that year... It, it was... came out in six... It, it didn't get to Ireland until December the 11th, 1969. Okay. Ireland showed it first. Well, Nobody remembers that. Or he got it first. Okay, I must have seen that. Right. Uh, I also then remember the, the other movies. Um, uh, uh, you know, I remember them as child as a sort of pretty standard... Um, uh, thing on a spiritual level when I saw him as a teenager in the early 70s uh, the fat Elvis the Burger King yeah I uh, I saw him as fallen man as a man fallen okay and when he sang uh, glory glory hallelujah I knew he meant it I, even then I knew where he was coming from and I saw him as I've always seen preachers in very sort of Shakespearean when you know in that huge in a huge way right. being crosby right. had brought together um bending black notes musicians. And all that stuff. no not so much bending notes, but right. brought black yeah. and jazz influences yeah, yeah. into white culture and i i i, I would agree with that but what i'm saying is that is the the moment that the movement when when it took him up that's the possession yeah sure that's the that's when the that's the yeah. that's the shame and that's the the shuddering and the yeah that's to yeah. me what that dance is yeah, yeah. that's that's the, so it more fully is the metaphor well yeah the Elvis. time the time was ready to receive Elvis it wasn't ready to receive what Crosby was doing mm. and there's a good argument that he kind of neutralized it to a degree to be a popular white crooner yeah you know what I mean yeah Presley didn't yeah. bastardize the energy source so here you get God and sex. Yeah. To previously, um, God and 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 fun sex. Yeah. To previously yeah, incompatible ideas. Yeah. yeah. You get Africa and Europe. Europe. Um, I mean, what else do you want? Yeah. Well, that's what Crosby liked that too, didn't he? he yeah. There was no fun sex. There was no sex at all. 
Rudy, Rudy Valley had the sex. Well, yeah. no, it was it wasn't. I mean, it was Sinatra who brought in the sexual energy to crooning and to, to those kind yeah. of. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't get the. I mean, I enjoy being, but uh, it, it, it is no sexual it, spiritual it's force. More slippers than uh, yes, yeah, yeah, than yeah. crotch. Yeah, yeah. So about the kind of a personal uh, about Elvis's death. I mean, does it make you keep a check on your own indulgences? The way he died, drugs, drugs indulgence. Does any of that? Did any of that resonate for you? Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this part one in a series of three Bono podcasts in the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. I faded part one there because Bono's reply is long and convoluted and needs to be heard as part of the next section of our chat. By the way, if you want to read more of my work, check out joejacksoninterviewer.com.